Thank you, ladies. Boy, some folks were scared when they saw me stand up in time for the, uh, the uh, special music, and they didn't know what they were coming up to. They, that old man lost his mind completely. Malachi chapter 3 tonight. Malachi. He said, oh, it's Farber. He's going to talk about money. Not completely. All right, but I don't want to disappoint you. Uh, Malachi chapter 3. I want to speak on total Christian giving. Total Christian giving. And uh, there's more to it than just your money as we stop and think of giving and giving of our lives and work with that. But uh, after having been, what, quarantined for the last, what, 70 days or however many days it's been, uh, some folks not able to work, I'm sure that uh, those of it followed some advice and had three, or f three to six months worth of emergency funds stuck aside or sitting breathing a little bit easier uh, after all that's been going on. Either that or credit card companies are just loving people because of it and work with that. So uh, I want to help you on some things and as we think of total Christian giving. Look at Malachi chapter 3 and verse 8. It says, Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But ye say, Wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. Ye are cursed with a curse. <laughs> I'm sorry. My wife and I have been doing, I almost said semicolon. She's sitting there back her laughing. We have been doing a uh, editing, proofing the New Testament that the publication's working on. And we're reading the whole New Testament with semicolon, italicized word, uh, comma, exclamation mark, and it's terrible. I read my Bible now, and it's, I'm, I'm wanting to say every period, every comma, and whatever, and that's just what caught me right then. I wasn't laughing because you're cursed with a curse, all right? Uh, there's a semicolon there. Verse 9, let's try again. You are cursed with a curse, for ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you windows of heaven, and pour out a blessing that, <clears throat> that there shall not be room enough to receive it. When we think of giving, the first thing most, most folks think about is your money. If a pastor says, or a preacher gets up and says, turn to Malachi chapter 3, the first thing he says, oh no, he, he's about money. We have a, and pastor said this, we have a great church and a faithful church when it comes to giving. And so I'm not getting up and saying, you got to do this, 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 and giving. Our people give, they're faithful, they're tithing. Uh, I don't see it firsthand like I have because I, those responsibilities have been turned over to somebody else. But to, to realize that our folks are faithful in giving. But there's three areas that I put down that you need to be involved in to be a total Christian giving. Uh, the first area is about your money, of course. Another area, and we're going to get into this, basically you got the three points coming up front. The giving of truth. The giving of truth. And then also giving of training. And the Bible is very clear on these areas and working with that. So let's start off with the first one, and with your faith. The The money. We have a responsibility. The Bible talks about money, gives, talks about a tithe, it talks about offerings, and it talks about alms. All right? So the tithe comes right off the top. But folks, and this is old hat. Most folks already know that, but if you had any question on it, this is before Uncle Sam gets anything. So, well, should I tithe off my gross? Yes. Government shouldn't get it before God gets it. And so you ought to automatically, the first thing that comes off your gross, 10% of it belongs to God. Let me say this. The next 10% ought to go to yourself. You ought to go to a savings account, at least 10%. Uh, and you ought to put it aside, whether you have some type of retirement program or something like that. And I know I'm getting in financial counseling, whatever. But that ought to be automatic. You ought to do that. And I'm the guy that sits down with spreadsheets and say, do this, 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 this. And I can take these high school students and say, if you put so much in a week or so much in a year, uh, by the time you get to be 65 years old, you will have saved up $500,000 without much interest on it. It's easy to work. It's easy to work the math and going with that. But you ought to turn around, the, off the top, 10% comes, 
should come to God. If you don't tithe, you're a crook. If you don't tithe, the Bible says you're cursed. If you don't tithe, I, don't, I won't trust you. I wouldn't dare loan you some money. Because if you're going to steal from God, you'll steal from everybody else. He said, Brother Harvey, you shouldn't be that way. You ought to have a sweet spirit. I do. The Bible is very clear. In the first 10%, the tithe belongs to God. And you say, well, that's Old Testament law. If you'll read your Bible, that took place before the law. And, to, and it was confirmed during the law, and it was confirmed during the life of Christ, and even after that. So we need to realize the importance of that. Uh, a man who steals from God will steal from anybody. Offering is above the tithe. Your 10% is the tithe. That's, that's basically you writing out what you owe. That belongs to God. The offering is giving above the tithe because we love the Lord. We want to do more for the Lord. Uh, we talk about faith promise offering for missions. Uh, actually, I think that more gets into alms. Alms is what you give, you give to, for special needs, for missions. Uh, all of a sudden, we have something going on for Operation in Light. You say, I want to have part of that and work with it. If you've got your mission uh, notice that comes out every Monday, and I, I think that's set up for everybody to get. Uh, there's some needs that are going on with the, in Africa right now. Uh, I think it was $3,400 that's needed to be able to move forward with another building project and working with that, one of our missionaries with Operation Light. So you stop and realize those, that would be alms. That's above your tithe. If pastor said, oh, we're having a special offering right here, and we need to raise money for lights. If you took money from the tithe to pay for the lights, you, you didn't give an offering. You took God's money and paid for it. By the way, if you took money from the power company and didn't pay your power bill to pay for the lights, that wasn't right either, all right? Uh, you need to take care of your responsibilities and do with that. But stop and realize part of Christian giving is our money, and, and I'm not going to spend our time on that because most of us are quite aware of that. We know what's going on. Uh, the next thing I put down, a part of Christian giving, is giving of truth. Giving of truth. Turn in your Bibles, if you would, to 2 Timothy chapter 2, if you would. Again, a familiar verse to you, and most of you are easy. Let's get out of Malachi, all right? We don't want to deal with that. Uh, no, 2 Timothy chapter 2, look in verse 1. Paul speaking to Timothy, he says, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things which thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Paul says, What I've learned, I've given to you. And what you learn, you're to give to others so they can give to others. That's part of giving. See, we need to realize the importance in life. Paul says, I've received this as a witness. Uh, the Lord gave this to me. Now, while I'm giving it to you, Timothy, now, Timothy, you take and give it to faithful men to be able to give to other faithful men. And by the way, that's how we've gotten many of the truths that we've got through the years as, as it's passed on. I thank the Lord every day for those who have had a part in my life. Uh, I'm Mr. Bennett. You've heard about him. Never meet, you'll meet him in heaven. Uh, led me to Christ. But I think of every teacher that I've had. I think of my parents, investment in my life, the truths they taught me. I, th I think of professors that I've had. I, I think of the privilege I've had to, to sit, although not going to First Baptist Hammond, to sit under Dr. Howell's ministry through th something called young people. It's called cassette tape. Right? It's such a strange thing. It's a little thing about this big and little tapes running through it. All right? uh, Y'all don't have a clue what I'm talking about. Now they're on MP3 and everything else. But I've had a chance to sit under his ministry. I think of sitting under Dr. Tom Neal's ministry. I think under our pastor's ministry. I thank the Lord daily for those who have made an investment in my life and things like, see, I always want to be a student. I always want to learn. I don't want to come to the point and say, well, then, you know, well, you've got this degree and that degree and whatever. I had a thermometer in my ear and I had 98.6 degrees. All right? It doesn't make any difference. 
you're supposed to laugh when it's funny. All right, help me out on this, or we'll be here for all night. You stop and realize, <laughs> Billy said, what'd he say? <laughs> but uh, stop and realize we are to take truth and pass it from person after person after person. It should be handed down from one generation to the other. You say, boy, I've got all this truth. I just want to hang on to it because I've got it. It does you no good. You're going to die with that truth. But you're to hand it down from one generation to the other. Uh, we, we haven't taught our children like we ought to teach our children. You say, well, that's why I sent them to the Christian school. That's not the Christian school's job. The Christian school's job is to reinforce what's being taught at home. And we need to realize what's going on. Th this generation needs to hand down what they've learned. Uh, and, uh, now, I know what part of the problem is. A lot of folks don't want to learn. How many of you remember Uncle James? Most of you do. I begged young people to go, 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 go sit down and listen to Uncle James. Listen to his stories. Hear about the World War II veteran. And how he served under this general and under that general and whatever. And, oh, he just sits and tells the same story over and over and over again. I'm there. I know what he's talking about, all right? I tell the same story. I call my dad. Oh, boy, I'd be in trouble for this. On Sunday evening, and I often hear the same story. He turns 88 years old, all right? But, but I get to hear from my dad. But find, young people, find somebody with a little bit of gray hair or no hair or a little bit of no hair and, and sit down and let them talk. Learn from them. They, they've got farther down the road than you have. And they didn't get there just because somebody automatic had a time machine and threw them that far. They learned from other things in their life, and you need to learn from them. Uh, we, we turn our kids over to the Sunday school teachers. We turn our kids over to junior church workers. We turn them over to Christian school teachers and expect them to teach everything. And that's not their responsibility. This comes back to, to parenting. I've read some things, and there's some comical things because of the, the pandemic that we've had, and uh, schools have been shut down. And uh, the first or second week of the shutdown, uh, somebody had turned around and had some, some little thing that they were upset about. said, I am going to be the first one to vote for a raise for the teachers because I've had my three kids home for a week trying to teach them, all right? Uh, parents, you're supposed to be home teaching them. You're supposed to be helping them. And you say, well, I, I don't have the skills that the teacher has in, in math or in, in English or whatever. Teach them what you know and, and go with that. that, that te teach them character. Teach them how, how to do things. Uh, training comes right back to the home, not to the youth department. It needs to be done. Uh, now, thank Lord for the youth department we have. But they're just there to reinforce what ought to be taught in the homes and working with that. Uh, money and the giving of truth are two of the three. Let's go to Matthew chapter 28. Say, oh, we're moving through this quick. Ah, that's all right. Not as fast as you think it is. Matthew 28, look at verse 19. <coughs> Matthew 28, 19. All of these are familiar passages. 28, 19. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. That's a great commission. We all know it. We've learned it. I think... Primarily, these, these verses are dealing with soul winning, the church's responsibility to go out and reach others with the gospel of Jesus Christ. I understand that. But if you look at the word observe, uh, teaching them to observe all things, all right? Uh, it means to participate or to do something. To observe all, to teach them, teach them to go do what you've already taught them to do. And we have a responsibility not only train. And this, this, in training, I, I think it more deals with character. I'm an old man. I realize that. I was reading a, a book the other day that was talking about, you know, the, the new way that you're supposed to. I, I believe a man ought to hold a door open for a lady. 
I believe the man ought to go open the door. My wife and I will be married 50 years in about three, three weeks, and I don't know if, I've, if she's ever opened the door by herself when I was with her. I taught my daughter the same way. She sat in the car and let the, the guy walk all the way up to the church door, and he turned around and wondered what she's doing. She's sitting there waiting for him to come open her door. Now, excuse me for being old-fashioned, but part of the problem is, is the ladies aren't acting like ladies, and they're barging ahead of the guy and knocking him down, trying to get to the door first, all right? Uh, but but the, the new way of doing it is not it. I, I, the things I read on right now is, the, the, uh, you know, the ladies are equal. They can do what they want. Bless God, they go through the door when they want to do. I'm a little old-fashioned. I like doing that. I, the other day, I was holding the door open for somebody, and they walked through, and they said, oh, that's so nice of you. You don't have to do that. I said, my dad would come down from Ohio and whip me if I didn't hold the door open for you because I was taught to be a gentleman. I, I was taught to say yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am, and yes, sir, and uh, give me your money. No, I mean, no, I, I was taught to do those things, and, and that, that was part of training and character. Uh, we were taught, guys were taught how to shake hands. Guys were taught how to, to stand uh, and, and uh, when a, a lady came to the table and, and, and work with that. It was just part of character training that was going on. I realize that's old-fashioned. But it's sad today that we don't have character being taught in our homes today. Uh, you need to observe and see what's going on. Jesus is saying here he, in this passage, he says, listen, I've been with you 33 years. You've watched me. You've observed what I'm doing. Now you take and train those others to do the same thing. He didn't say you go get your own message, have a new message, start your own kingdom, or what do you want to do? He said you simply take what you've learned from me and go do that for other people. That's part of Christian giving. You take what you have. And I'm thankful that Marshall Bennett took the time to keep me after Sunday school class and lead me to Christ. But I couldn't keep that to myself and say, I'm saved, I'm going to heaven, I don't care about anybody else. I want to take that same gospel message that he gave me and go tell somebody else. I went home and tell my mother, and she wasn't real happy about it, all right, and, and whatever. But I also went into my sister's bedroom and told her about it, and she trusted Christ as her Savior. She ran next door and got her neighbor. And, and, uh, and by the way, it's today's 13th. About 10 days from now, it'll be 56 years I've been saved. Uh, and she told the neighbor girl to come over, and her best friend, and I was able to lead her to Christ. Now listen, we, we need to go and tell others how to do it. But I also marked up in my sister's Bible how she could go tell somebody too and be able to work with that. So it's important for us to do it. If we're going to be giving in all the ways that we ought to be giving, we need to realize it's more than just money. We ought to give money, but we ought to give truth, and we ought to give training. Uh, each of these is a type of training, uh, giving, and each one is unique in itself. And they fit together like a puzzle. Because you can't just say, well, I'm going to do one. Or I'm going to be twice as much giving so I only don't have to do one of the other parts. They all have to work together and we work with it. All right? uh, they, they work uniquely together in, in our, our lives. Uh, but none of them is a quantity to itself. You say, well, I need to give. I'll tell you what, I'll just give so other folks will go get the gospel out. No, as God brings people across your path, you have a responsibility to get the gospel out. Now, I understand, and, and I'm there. I can't go walk up and down the streets like I used to. I can't go spend five, six, eight hours out in the sunshine and go with that. I, I, physically, I'm just not able to do it. But I do ask God to allow people to cross my path. I do go make appointments with folks and go visit and do things like that. So I find opportunities and look for opportunities that I can reach somebody with the gospel. And we need to realize the importance of it. I love teaching and training. Pastors done done this to me. Uh, I am supposed to be somewhat retired and going with that. I haven't forget I, the, retired, and then they put you in quarantine or put you in lockdown or whatever it is. All right. So I've been retired since the first of April, 
and but can't get out of the house. It's a fun thing, man. It's great. Uh, but uh, no, to stop and realize. But pastor's been pushing me and pushing me and pushing me to, to, to write books or to do something. And finally, he came up and said, listen, I want you to record lectures on the computer. And I've never, I said, preacher, I can't do that. I don't, just sitting there talking to the computer. Well, now I got me, I'm doing PowerPoints and with the PowerPoints, doing the lectures. And that happened because the classes that couldn't meet for the college and I had to finish the semester. And so I've done like 22 different lectures already and it's on computer. And so it spends about eight hours for PowerPoint 20 minutes to do the lecture. I mean, but anyways, we'll turn around and go with it. But uh, he says, I know what you have, because I handed him a whole stack full of outlines. He said, take those outlines, work them, and uh, go ahead. He said, I want to get what's in your brain. Just a bunch of goo gooey gray. But anyways, uh, he, he said, I want to take what you have so we can teach others and go forward. By the way, all of us need to do that. All of us, If you're able to write, sit down and start writing. If you're able to write poems or something like that, do it. Uh, I, I've I've written some poems, all right? I think I destroyed all of them. But uh, what, have, take what's up here that God has given you so you can pass it on to somebody else and be able to work with this, all right? All right so you need to realize, let, let me give you an illustration. Brother Stan, I'm going to give you a dollar, all right? All right, I knew he'd be better than I. <laughs> For right now, I'm going to give him that dollar, all right? So I, I gave. You know what that is? He's got it, but I don't have it. That's the way it goes. You turn around and give, all it does is lighten your wallet. You can sit down. But if I give him a truth, I still got the truth. See? So that's why it's so important for us to teach others what we've already learned. So I can give him a truth, and then I can keep a truth, that same truth, to be able to give to somebody else. I can't give him that dollar to anybody else. Now, he can do what he wants with it, but I can't do that. And you need to realize... I was going to give the dollar to Brother Sally, but I know Robbie give it back to me. And I, but you stop and realize, you turn around and you give, you, you give the truth, and you, and you work that truth. Uh, and, and so when you give that, you, I, I lose it, he gains it, that's it. But if I, if I can train somebody, if I can give them a truth, and, and I found out through the years, I, I, I get more out of teaching a Bible study than you will. I'll guarantee it. Because I probably put eight hours in it already. And you're sitting here for two and a half hours, and that's all you're going to get out of it. See, so you only get a fourth of what I get out of it. You understand? Uh, teaching a class, teaching high school, teaching college, whatever it might be, and I've taught everything from kindergarten all the way up through college. Uh, the teacher usually gets more out of it than what the students do because you're preparing yourself and getting ready for it and working towards that. And that's part of the training that goes on in working with that. So it's important for us to realize that we need to give the money, we need to give truth, and we need to give training or character in everything that we do. Uh, you lose the money, but you keep the truth. You lose the money, but you increase the character as you help somebody else. So if you train children, it helps train you. If you, if, if you, get train, if you give character, you, you go up to somebody, and a young guy, and teach them how to shake hands. What are you doing? You're reinforcing yourself how to shake hands, not just an old wet fish. You know, and, and how to be a man and shake hands like a man. And, and of course, then you got these girls who, oh, I, I can squeeze his hand bigger than it. No, uh, you, you turn around and, and be, be a lady, all right? And uh, don't, I've seen some of it. I can hit the softball farther than they can. I had a daughter, two boys and a daughter. She was the baby, all right? If they're playing football, she wanted to play football, all right? If they're playing softball, she wanted to do it. 
Uh, if they had the boxing gloves out, she wanted to get the boxing gloves out. I mean, that's just part of it. Now, she'd stay real close to Dad because if they hit her, she'd, she'd, and so I'd have to slap them with the gloves or whatever. But anyway, you stop and realize the importance of teaching character in each other's life, all right? Uh, t- turn, if you would, to 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 5. Let me tell you the secret of being able to do that. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 5. And again, it's another passage that deals with giving. And you say, well, here he comes. He's going to come back to money. Ah, look, look what they're talking about. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 5. And this they did. Notice that phrase, not as we hoped. Not as we hoped. But first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. We come up and we say, okay, I'm hoping to get this. Now, wait, here's what they did. Uh, verse 4 talks about receiving gifts and take the fellowship and all that's going on with that. We're hoping to get a gift so we can go forward. And he said what they did, the first thing they did... They gave of themselves. And if we'll learn to give of ourselves, then we're able to give in other areas, whether it be money or whether it be training or teaching. They said, not as we hope, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and to us by the will of God. The importance is giving to give ourselves. Totally. I remember Dr. Lee Robertson giving an illustration one time about, uh, and I think it was Dr. Lee, right? Maybe Dr. Jack Hiles. When you get old, you get them all confused, all right? And uh, a guy was going to be baptized or something other, and, and whatever, and they, they told him to empty your wallet, empty your pockets and everything else, and go with that. And uh, he said, no. He said, God saved me, saved my money and everything. He went right in the baptistry with his wallet and in his pants and everything else and go with that. Realize, if God gets you, then all the rest of it is not, not a concern. So, well, I wonder how much should I give and what should I do? If you give God over yourselves, into the will of God, then you're not sitting there with a calculator or you're not sitting there, okay, uh, $512.43. Oh boy, what do I do with that extra four cents? You know, how do I deal with that? Then you realize it all belongs to God and you work with it and realize the importance of giving yourself. There's a weakness in only giving money because you feel like I've done my part. I've taken care of that. Uh, We ought to tithe, but there's more than just tithing. We ought to give. We ought to give to missions. You ought to give to special offerings. You ought to do everything you can. But there's more to it than that. We ought to learn to give of ourselves. That doesn't qualify us as completely giving. Uh, giving money is not giving of yourself. Right? Many men provide for their children. They give things, but they don't give of themselves. Well, I work hard, and I bought this for them, and I bought this for them, and I bought this for them. And if they just sit down and listen to their kids, many times I've heard it as I pastored, I just wish my dad spent some time with me. I wish my dad would go play catch with me. I wish dad and I could go fishing and be able to spend some time with him. What is it? It's not the money. It's not the things. It's not I have to have. Those things fall apart. But the greatest memories they'll have when they get our age will stop and realize the time dad took to teach them how to Work on a car, if that's one thing. You say, well, I don't know how to work on a car. Well, today you need a computer degree to be able to work on it. But I mean, I teach them how to throw the ball. And, and it's sad that we've got boys today that throw, ball, throw the baseball like a girl. But it's not the guy's fault. It's dad that didn't get out and show them how to throw it and work with it. Uh, it, it it's sad. Well, oh, boy, I'll get into this. I'm two generations beyond that. It's sad when girls don't know how to cook. You <laughs> see? My mama don't know how to cook, man. If she can't nuke it, it ain't doing uh, You understand? But wait a minute. That, that's part of it. You say, well, my mother didn't teach me that. Well, why not take time to learn and go with that? 
Now, I, I know I'm a different crazy guy because I ended up being a mother for a while when, when my mother left, and I, and I had brothers and, and a sister at home. And I learned how to cook. Either that or was go hungry. I learned how to bake. I know how to do that. I don't do it anymore because I have a wife that does a wonderful job with that. Beep. Okay, no. But anyways, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> good old McDonald's, man. <laughs> we couldn't live without it. No, stop and realize the importance of doing it. But do you realize it's going to cost you a little bit? It's going to cost you some time. Realize the importance of doing that. Second Samuel chapter 24, and I'll not turn to it because we don't have time. Uh, David came to, uh, under the king around, about buying a place, a burial place. And the king turned around and said, listen, I'll, I'll give it to you. This is what it's worth, but I'll give you this burial place. You don't have to buy this sepulcher, king. I appreciate you. I'm going to give this to it. And, and David came to him. He says, I, I, I'm not, he said, or I'm sorry, not a burial place, but a place to have a, uh, an offering, set up an, a, an altar. And he says, neither will I offer burnt offerings unto the Lord my God of that which doth not cost me nothing. See, well, I, I'll just give and let the missionaries go do it. What's it costing you? I'll just do this and let somebody else go do it. What's it costing you? And we need to realize the importance. David says, I'm not going to take it as a gift to do my service for the Lord. I'm not going to let somebody else do it. I'm going to do what I can. Now realize, all of us are in different stages of life. All of us have different abilities. All right, you, you saw me stand up here to give another announcement before the special music. All right, I, I wasn't coming up to sing. All right? uh, now, if there's a fire takes place, I'll start singing. We'll empty the building. We don't need a fire alarm. All right? That's it. But you stop and realize, you take what you have, the abilities you have, and you say, okay, I'm going to take that, and I'm going to do what God would have me to do, and I'm going to be faithful to him. The, the weakness of, of giving a truth, it's not a complete gift. You have to add to it. See, it's, it's giving of money, of your offering. It's giving of truth. And then the importance of saying, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help train. I'm going to do more and go from it. There's, there's more to the school. I, I think one of the negative things about Christian school, and I was there at the beginning of the Christian school movement. I was there going with it. But one of the bad things about it is when parents started putting their kids in a Christian school, parents backed up and said, I don't have to do anything now. They pray at school. They teach them the Bible at school. They teach them to do right. And parents quit parenting. And I said earlier, the Christian school is, is, is not the answer. It's an arm to help support the parents. See, we turn around and say, let's start the Christian school because they're teaching in the public school that God's not real, that creation is not real, that we all came from monkeys. So we turn around and say, let's start a Christian school or the Christian school movement so we could teach the kids the Bible is true, God is real. But wait a minute, that was to reinforce what's being taught by mom and dad at home. The kids should have known a long time. I went to the public school, and I was taught uh, at the last couple of years of, the, of high school when the evolution thing was coming on and all was going on with that. The Bible was kicked out of school. And I had a Christian principal that turned around and said, Barbara, you said you're going to be a preacher. I'm going to let you do the morning uh, announcements, and with that I want you to do the morning devotions. And I read 30 minutes of Bible every morning, five days a week, in our public school back in the 60s. After it was already legislated, we weren't allowed to have it. But when they stood up, I remember standing up in a biology class when a biology teacher turned around in my sophomore year and said, how many of you believe this Bible creation thing? Well, it's about Bible, so I stood up. And one other young lady by the name of uh, Kathy stood up. And he ripped us up one side and down the other, told us how stupid we were and we couldn't do this and whatever. But he said, what did you do? I stood there and took it. Why? Because I believed the Bible. By my senior year, I had a chance to lead him to Christ. All right? 
Listen, but I was taught at home, even in, by the way, even in a non-Christian home, to respect God, to respect the Bible. Uh, we went to church on Christmas and Easter. But it was a whole different society back then. But we, we've turned around. Mom and Dad, you still need to teach at home and train at home because the, the, the Christian school is just there to reinforce what you've already taught, not to take your place. These teachers, and God bless them, and, and the job that they do and the work they do, they're not there to take your place. They're to just say, you, you make sure you obey Mom and Dad, and you do what's right. So if you're a Bible giver, one, do you tithe? That's good. Then you're a Bible giver. Are you a Bible giver? Do you teach? Do you take those things that have been given to you, and do you teach to other folks to do the same thing? And then do you train? Do you build character and work with character and going forward with this? Uh, realize important. Paul says, listen, the things you've got among many witnesses, right, commit the thou to faithful men who will be able to teach others. Continue to teach. Continue to teach. Continue to teach. He said, well, I just don't know much. Take what little bit you know and teach it. He said, well, I, I don't think I'm important. The ones that don't think they don't know anything probably know more than they th really think they do. Well, I just, I could never do that. I, I, I've sat with men. Uh, I enjoyed pastoring in North Carolina. Uh, I had a guy by the name Charles Wright. But of course, I know him. Cantankerous as can be. I mean, but the guy was brilliant in his own little way. He was a master locksmith. He is a small engine repairman. He worked as a, a, a custodian over at the college there, so anything that needed to be fixed, he could fix it. You know, and I, I just followed him around. He came, he said, Brother Farber, that door's sticking. I said, well, all right. He pulled out popsicle sticks and fixed the door. I'd have grabbed a sledgehammer. I wouldn't have fixed it. He knew what to do. This goes this, this way, this one goes this way. Uh, I followed him around time and time and time again just to learn from him. He said, well, did you have to put up with some junk? Yeah, I did. Because he was cantankerous, but of course I nod his head, yeah. But you know what? He knew something I didn't know. But you know how many times I've taken popsicle sticks or a piece of cardboard and shown somebody else how to fix that door and get it where it'll, it'll, it won't scrub and it won't work? Because he took the time to explain to me. A five-minute job took him two hours to explain it, but he did it, and we got the thing done. Now listen, you say, well, I, I don't think I know anything. Listen, everybody here knows something I don't know, and so you become my teacher. And I want to learn from you. You say, well, the young people just don't want to listen. The smart ones will. But part of it, you've got to be patient enough to want to teach them. Because so many times we want to give them that 30-second lesson. And unfortunately, we're in a technology world where everything goes so fast. Uh, it, it's amazing. I get, I, <laughs> my, my wife said something, well, we had all these epidemics and all these flu things and so many folks killed in the, back in the 60s. She said, I don't remember that. And, and she was a nurse back then. I said, you had three TV stations. ABC, NBC, and CBS. That's all you had. You didn't have computers. You didn't have the internet. And things weren't going. 4,000 people could have died out west in a, in a plane wreck and we'd have never known it for three weeks until it came out in the newspaper. But now you've got everything bombarding you over and over and over and over and over again. And, and young people, that's what they're used to now. But if they'll stop and take the time and let someone help teach them, and they don't need to get it off the Internet. They need to sit down with somebody who's got a little bit of gray hair or the ones that only their hairdresser knows and, and learn from them. So if you're going to be a true, a total Christian giver, you're going to give of your finances because the Bible commands us to do that. But it also tells us that we're to take that which we've learned and teach others. 
and we need to teach them. That's giving of ourselves. And it also says we have a responsibility of building character in others, teaching them how to do things properly. The pro- right way. You see, uh, <laughs> I had somebody the other day, this oh, several months ago now, I, I would do some taxes and everything, and they said, well, Farber, I was going to do this and this and this in my taxes, but I knew what you'd say. And I said, thank you. Thank you. They knew that I wasn't going to stretch it or twist it to be illegal, to maybe that they can earn another dollar back from the government. I don't think that's a bad thing. I want my reputation to be that way. But that's part of teaching character to other folks. Let's be a total Christian giver. Father, bless our folks. Care for them. Watch over and protect them. Thank you for a simple Bible truth.